All my bourbon and boxing fans, man, welcome back to another episode of Bourbon and Boxing. Muchachas, I am your host, Jeff, and this is episode 33, and what better to call it than Gobble Gobble after a big Thanksgiving weekend. I know I filled my belly yesterday with some good food, family, and some drinks, man. Had a good time out at my sister's. Enjoyed my Gobble Gobble. How about you guys? Uh, and from that, man, we're going to get this weekend another belly full with two big blockbuster fights with David uh, Benavidez versus Demetrius Andrade. And then we're also going to get Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron, two, baby. Not one, but two. Second time these two ladies are going to fight each other, and I expect nothing but what we had in the last fight, some bangers, bangers, baby. But anyways, man, this is called Bourbon and Boxing, and I'll introduce you guys to what I'm drinking on today. Of course, that is Woodford Reserve. I wanted something a little bit smoother, something more laid back for me today. So I went with some Woodford. Can't go wrong with that. But anyways, guys, let's talk about our sponsor, why I pour this shot for us. Uh, as we get this shot going, we're going to talk about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Brown Family Construction. For any of your construction needs in the northern Kentucky or Cincinnati area, feel free to reach out to Brown Family Construction, where they can take care of any of your indoor or outdoor needs. Uh, and the name says it all. They treat you like family. Reach out to Brown Family Construction for any of your construction needs. Once again, reach out to Jason Brown on Facebook. Uh, and I will drop that information at the end of my show. And thank you once again to my sponsors. We're going to take this shot, guys. And we're going to get this show started, baby. We got a good show, I feel like. Because we got two, not one, two really good fights coming up. And we're going to get all-day boxing because the ladies are fighting over in the U.K., the men are fighting over in Las Vegas here in the States. So it's going to start around 2 o'clock and go all the way to about midnight, baby. You will get a little bit of break in between. I'd say about 6 to 8 o'clock, you're going to get that power break, man. Get your nap in. Whatever you got to do to be ready for those nightcap fights because that night card, oh, baby. That night card, that night card, that shit right there, that shit right there. That's a card, baby. That's full top to bottom, baby. Top to bottom. Even the Katie Taylor card's a pretty good card. But that nightcap with Benavidez and Android, they Showtime, they want to go out on top. And we're going to talk about Showtime also and uh, give them a shout-out. This is going to be their last event that they're doing, of course, for boxing. 35 years in the game. We'll give them a shout-out at the end of the show, man. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, the bittersweet of losing them. We enjoyed what we had. It sucks uh, to see them go and to lose a platform. Uh, and I'm very curious to see where PBC goes from here. But, hey, man, we'll get into that and much more. But first, got to take a shot. If we don't, well, it just can't not. The show can't start without it, baby. Here we go, guys. Shots up. Toast to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. And thank you for joining my show. This chaser I got is just freaking terrible. Ah. Trying to find a substitute for soda. And I'll tell you what. This stuff, I, I usually do ginger ale or something, which isn't bad. But this stuff right here, some kind of water crap. Sparkling water. <laughs> kind of ruins the taste of the bourbon. Might just have to drink it straight up, guys. But anyways, man. I'm gonna get into this weekend, man. We got we got a really two big blockbuster fights. Uh, 
And, of course, the one I want to talk about first is the first fight we're going to see. We're going to see the Katie Taylor versus Chantel uh, Cameron 2 fight. This is the second time these ladies have fought. The very first fight, uh, uh, Katie's coming up in weight. Uh, this is going to be a super lightweight, if I'm correct, a super lightweight event. And, uh, of course, it's a, it's a rematch. Cameron was a bigger fighter. And uh, it was obvious in the last fight. The size that Cameron had, and Katie was doing everything Katie could do to get inside. Cameron was very patient, didn't allow Katie to kind of dictate the fight. She set back, she waited, she landed her big punches, uh, landed consistently uh, with her punches, and was a better fighter that night and a bigger fighter. I felt like Katie was a little bit out of her element with the size. So going into this fight, I look at it like this. Katie's got to stay active. Katie can't take the fight to the center of the ring. I think that's a disadvantage for her. I think she's got to do the uh, push and pull method. You know, go in, push, and then, and then like, push in and pull out. Go in and out and try to land some overhand punches on her, but kind of make the bigger fighter chase you around a little bit and see if you can't wear her down. She's bigger, but you might be able to wear her down if you make her chase you around a little bit. And with the way Katie fights, she's going to be able to fight off that back foot, I think. And she's, of course, I, I think coming into this fight, there's no way she's going in with the same technique as last fight. Thinking, well, we'll get to the center of the ring, and me and her are banging out, and I've got more combos, and I'm the better boxer, so I'm going to outbox her. She cannot depend on that. That's what she depended on the last fight. Her punches weren't strong enough to face Chantel Cameron, and I think going into this fight, Cameron knows that. Cameron knows that, hey, I can take her punches. So if I'm Cameron, I'm going to be the more aggressive fighter in this one. I'm going to push the pace. I'm going to use my weight against a smaller fighter, and I'm going to wear her down that way and then hope to land and open some big, big punches to land on her and knock her down and end the fight with a knockout. Don't leave it to the judges, even though the judges – favored her last time, which he did. It was fair judging. I expect the same. Even in Dublin, you would have thought, you know, eh, you know, Katie might get that, that nod in a decision, but it showed that even in Dublin, they were fair about it. They gave it to the uh, fighter who won the fight in Chantel Cameron. And like I said, that size is going to be the big, big difference in this fight. I don't know how Katie overcomes it. Like I said, I think the only way she can is to try to find a way to wear Chantel down. Don't go to the center of the ring. Do not fight her in the center and try to bang it out with her. She's bigger. She can take your punches. She already knows that, so she's not afraid to let you just hang in combo and just go crazy and throw those punches and bunches like Katie likes to do. So if I'm her, I fight off my back foot. I run around that ring, kind of do like a Floyd Mayweather, play some good defense. You know, you've got the speed. You've got the hands to be able to land uh, combos when needed. Uh and try to get her in an aggravated form. Try to aggravate Chantel. Make her chase you and wear herself down a little bit. I think that's about the only chance Katie really stands in this. Maybe she proves it. Guys, she could prove me completely wrong. Trust me there. She could prove me wrong because Katie Taylor is a legendary fighter. She's one of the all-time greatest women fighters ever. Uh, definitely top five in my book. Uh, probably top three all-time. She's just an amazing fighter. And sometimes you bite off more than you can chew, kind of like Roy Jones Jr. when he was bouncing back and forth in weight divisions, and he got to the point where he bit off more than he could chew, and he just couldn't beat the guy because the weight difference was too much, and he wasn't able to go back down in weight either. That hurt him also. So 
I don't know how dangerous this is for Katie, and it is a pride thing, kind of like Canelo. Canelo wants to go back and fight Demetrius Baval, which I think would have been the same result for him, so that would have been a bad choice. And I kind of think this is a bad choice for Katie. I think she should have moved on. I think her and Amanda Serrano should have should have summed up and definitely did a second fight with those two. I think the it was more money. Now, if Katie goes into this one and loses back-to-back fights, that fight against Amanda Serrano is not as big, maybe. As big for Katie because you can't afford to lose three fights. And then if she goes into that, is Katie going to pull her into a three? Or is Amanda Serrano going to make her fight, you know, three-minute rounds? But let's focus on this fight. All right. And I think Chantel, once again, is the bigger fighter. And she's not going to go in with the same game plan. If she does, I mean, I think you pull her to the middle and you make her fight you in the center. And then you just outbox her like you did last time. You're the bigger puncher. You know you can take her punches. So there's not a real threat there for you. She's a smaller fighter. And uh, unless she's wearing you down and doing something to wear you down, I don't think there's a threat between her and Katie. And, that, and Katie's an amazing fighter. Just sometimes the size is too much, and I think the size is too much here, guys. Uh, I don't know what Katie's done to maybe put on a little bit more weight, to put on more muscle, whatever she's needed to do in training. I'm sure she's made some changes, and, I, and I'm – Looking forward to see what this brings to the table because it's going to be a great fight. Uh, and there's also going to be a pretty good undercard on that, guys. Uh, you're going to catch some good fights on the undercard. Let me look here. Uh, on the undercard, you're going to have uh, the co-main event is going to be Gary Cooley versus uh, Reese Mould. And then you're going to have Patty Donovan versus Don, uh, Danny Ball. And you're going to have Sky Nicholson versus Lucy Wildheart. And you're going to have John Cooney versus Liam Gaynor. Uh, that's going to be, and there's a few other cards on that, but then there was like seven other card fights. I didn't really want to name them all, but it's it's a pretty stacked card, uh, pretty full. And I, I wouldn't say stack stack, not like the night event, not not like the Benavidez versus Android card, not at all, not even close, guys. Uh, but it's overall still going to be a great card, something to tune into, man. And then we're going to go over and let's talk about the David Benavidez versus Demetrius Android fight, man. Uh, man, this is a super middleweight fight. Has an eliminator feel to it, guys. Uh, with both winners possibly becoming the mandatory to fight the champ, Canelo. Uh, you know, David Benavidez, I feel, will fight his uh, his style. Patient control and control the fight with his jab. Look for the big punch. Uh, trap Andre in the, in the corner uh, and unload on him, man. Uh, for Demetrius, he's got to be active. Push, push the pace and be the aggressor. Do not allow David Benavidez to get comfortable, look to land early, set it all up uh, with his jab. Uh, I'm taking David Benavidez, of course, you know what I mean? Uh, in my opinion, uh, in this fight, he's a monster, controls the fight, and knows what is at stake. What's at stake for him is a Canelo fight. And it could be the same for Demetrius Andrade. I don't know... If uh, the boxing committee would be so, you know, giving to Demetrius Andrade, but I know if David Benavidez wins this fight, he's going to be the mandatory for Canelo Alvarez. And if they're, you know, being serious about the mandatory, like they show with Boots Ennis and you know in the lightweight division, where they're going to make these guys fight, are they going to strip you of your belt? Then we're going to get a David Benavidez versus a Canelo fight. But let's not look too far ahead because Demetrius Andrade is no chump, man. This guy has been in the game for a really long time. He's a very good fighter. He's been begging 
for these big fights for a really long time, man. And I think he's going to show out how much, like I said, I think he's got to come out with a bang. He's got to kind of uh, set the pace, set the tempo, put his mark on the fight really, really early. Because David Benavidez is a really good, smart fighter. So he's going to calculate what you're doing. He's going to figure you out at a certain point. But if you can hurt him early and use that to your advantage to try to end the fight early, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that because Benavidez is a really good fighter. And Andre's a really good fighter, but he's not known to get guys out early. He's not known to knock guys out, all that other stuff. So if this goes 12 rounds, I'm going to definitely favor David Benavidez. Uh, I don't know if it goes all 12 rounds. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. But, you know, the undercard of this fight is something else to talk about because we got Jamel Charlo versus Jose Benavidez on there. And and Jermel has been out of the ring for over two and a half years, almost three years, out of the ring. This is a no-title fight. Now, I talked about this a few weeks ago. I expressed my uh, dismay for it not being a title fight. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that comes with this. I'm not going to let it overshadow the other cards uh, on there. We will talk about this in my boxing news uh, because there is more news to this fight then, you know, it's at a catch weight already for 163, guys, because Jermel Charlo wasn't able to make the weight at 160. He is the retaining champ, undisputed champ at 160, guys. Um, he has been in the ring for two and a half years. He's not able to defend his title. Uh, this is a non-title defense here at 163, a catch weight. And then there's even more surprise to him. We'll get to that later. We'll talk about it, man. It's just unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable what this guy is pulling right now. It's kind of a bunch of hookah man. Hookah but man, uh, the undercard—I mean, could—I mean, I think this undercard could possibly be the best of the year. Uh, I mean, like I said, you got the co-main event: Jamel Charlo versus Jose Benavidez, and uh, you know that's a non-title fight at 163 catch weight. Uh, and then uh, the pay-per-view will also see hard-hitting IBF Pro. Uh, what the hell did I write there? Oh, duh. 140-pound. Pounder world champion uh, Sabrell Martez uh, versus unbeaten mandatory challenger Shohani are aggressive. Uh, plus the WBC super featherweight world championship Hector Luis Garcia. He uh, duels top rated mandatory challenger Lamont Roach. And uh, that's going to be the fight that starts this whole thing off. And we... If, you guys have seen boxing. You know who Hector Luis Garcia is. He's a really, really good fighter, guys. Uh, one of the best out there. He wants to unify that division uh, in the featherweight division. He wants to unify it. There's a lot of good talent in that division, so that's not going to be easy for him. But he is a really good fighter. I'd like to see what it does against Lamont Roach, who is another great fighter. So that's going to be a hell of a card up and down, man. You're going to start that fight out. Like I said, with Hector Luis Garcia versus Lamont Roach. That's going to be the very first fight you're going to get. Uh, that's going to take you into, you know, like just like I said, uh, uh, the 140-pound world champion, uh, Subarel uh, Mateus, who I've heard of and I've watched him. I'm pretty sure I've watched him before. He's a good fighter. I don't know much about his opponent. Uh, I'll look him up a little bit more, maybe learn how to pronounce his name, what I told you guys before. You... Won't get misinformed here, but you will get some butchered-ass names. I'm not real good at the names. Uh, 
But besides that, let's move on from that so I don't get too caught up in trying to pronounce these guys' names. But that card is going to be unbelievable. It's going to start about 8 o'clock. It's going to be a Showtime pay-per-view, Showtime's last pay-per-view. We'll get into that here in a minute. But it's going to be their last pay-per-view, guys, and, uh, you know, bittersweet. But they loaded it up for us, and they gave us a great show that we can't really, you know, we can't complain about. Uh, if you're going to go out, this is definitely with a bang and some fireworks and, uh, you know, uh, bittersweet for Showtime, man. Uh, what more can we say? 35 years of having Showtime will no longer be after this fight. I think I have heard that they've talked about a Floyd Mayweather uh, fight. I don't know if that's going to happen because the contract is is already up with uh, PBC, so I don't think any any other fights are going to come about. This is going to be the absolute last one we see from Showtime, guys. So, I mean, it, it sucks. 35 years. We want to thank Showtime for everything they've done for boxing. Uh, you know, I love the shows that they do. I love the inside uh, depth that they give, the inside look that they give you with the fighters, a different aspect, a different look at fighters, and it, it makes you respect them. It shows their human side, that they're just like you and me. They're human beings. They've got feelings, you man. They hear what you say, all that kind of stuff. But Showtime has done a really great job of showcasing boxing and being a great advocate for boxing, man. we got to give our hats off to Showtime, man, and thank you guys for everything you have done for the sport of boxing. We're going to miss you 100% sure. I know I will for sure. Uh, but let's move on to some uh, boxing news I got for you guys here. Now, like I said, what absolutely amazes me, guys, without getting too far into it and letting myself get really, really mad over it, uh, is that Jamel Charlo couldn't make 160. Uh, he wasn't stripped of his titles. He's an undisputed champ at 160. He hasn't fought in two and a half years. He finally comes back to fight. He's going to be a co-main event, not the main event, which is really weird for an undisputed champion not to be the main event, or come back and defend his titles. Like, he's not even putting his belts on the line. Instead, he was like, hey, I can't make 160. Let's make it at a catch weight at 163. And then guess what he did today, guys? He dropped in at 166 pounds. A guy couldn't even make the weight at 163. He's at 166. So I guess he's already campaigning at super middleweight, 168, right? So he's getting ready to jump up to there. So I would expect that after this weekend, we have to hear that he's being stripped of his titles, right? That, he, that he's got to give them up. He's not going to go back down to 160, obviously, right? And even if we don't, well, what, what, we're going to have to wait till the summer for, you know, uh, uh, or Carlos Adamas? Uh, Danabek to get an opportunity to get those belts at 160. Uh, guys who have been waiting in limbo because a champ has been inactive. Come on, guys. That's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. And for the WBC not to have stripped this guy of his titles at this point already, and it should have been announced this week. And then once we see that he can't even make one fucking 63, excuse my language, I'm just so pissed about this, man. It really gets under my skin to see a guy who's supposed to be a champion in the sport, representing the sport of boxing, not even able to make weight and not be active. And then we watch the WBC, an unsanctioned fucking sport who has, you know, six different sanctioning bodies and none have the same rules. 
So here we have a guy who's been an actor for two and a half years who isn't stripped of any of his belts. But then we're watching guys like, you know, uh, uh, Terrence Crawford defend the fucking belt and get undisputed in July and then come back and get stripped of his belt. Four months later, the IBF strips him of his belt for not taking the mandatory against Boots Ennis. And he just fought four months ago. But yet we got a guy who hasn't fought in three freaking years, guys, and he still holds all his belts. With no fucking accountability, he comes back, he fights a non-title fight, guys. A non-title fight. His very first fight back. He makes it at a catchweight at 163, claiming that he cannot make the weight at 160. And then he doesn't even make the weight at 163, guys. He weighs in at 166. Jamel Charlo, man, you got to be ashamed of what's going on with you right now. You are making a joke of the sport of boxing. You better come out here, and you better put an ass whooping on Jose Benavidez, or everybody in the sport's going to question you, son. I mean, that's, that is a fact, man. It's just unreal. And that the boxing hasn't taken any action against us. And that all comes down to boxing reform, guys. It comes down to one sanctioning body with one set of rules. It's that easy, man. That's all you got to do to fix this whole sport. You'll fix the judging. You'll fix the rules. You'll fix, you'll fix the mandatories. You'll fix all these bullshit-ass titles that should not be out here. Let's get rid of most of these titles. These uh, interim you know, interim belts, like, come on, man, that's a joke. You're either a champ or you're not. You're not a champ in waiting. You you got you to gotta earn that belt. You know what I mean? So being a mandatory, I get that. But get rid of all the nonsense and boxing. Let's get it down to one sanction, body, one set of rules for boxing. Get it in line so we get these mandatories done. We can get guys not setting out now. You know, like I said before in my show before, I'm not going to narc on anybody who has any kind of mental health issues, man. I don't have them. I don't understand it. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and 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 put you down for whatever's going on in your head or whatever you're dealing with personally, man. But we have a sport, and the sport can't be put on hold for one guy. One weight division cannot be put on hold. For one guy. It has been for two and a half years. And then when the guy finally comes back. He's fighting at a catch weight. In a non-title fight. And then he's also not able to make the weight at the catch weight. He's weighing at a 166 man. Don't be surprised guys. It's Jamel Charlos. Gets beat by Jose Benavidez this weekend. I don't know if mentally. Physically. He's ready to come back into boxing. I don't see it. Everybody, you know, his trainer's trying to church it up. Oh, man, he's looking strong. I can see it in his eyes. What I see in his eyes is doubt. He's doubting himself, and he shouldn't because, I mean, we've seen him. And I get I get that mental game. You get into your own head, and you can't get out. I, I guess I get that, right? But Jamel has proven he's an undisputed champion at 160, right? He's proven. So why have any doubt? Why have that look in your eyes? Why be having this trouble right now to be dedicated to the sport of boxing? I don't know what's going on, but he's obviously not here for the sport of boxing. He's not here, and that's dangerous for any fighter to go in the ring and not be 100% there in that ring because that's when bad things happen. That's when people get hurt, man, and that's what you got to watch out for. I don't know if he was forced back into this fight or if he felt like he was ready to come back, but he did, to me, I don't see it. I don't see it. 
You had to make 163, and you couldn't make any weight in at 166 and a half. So bad things could happen, guys. If a guy's in there and his mind isn't in the right place, he isn't focused on the fight. I, you know, my hat, my heart goes out to Jamel Charlo and whatever he's dealing with mentally, and I hope he's able to control all that and get it all under control. But right now, I don't think he should be fighting tomorrow. And I don't think he should be in that ring, guys. I think it's going to be bad for him. It could possibly be bad for him. Like I said, he could get end up getting really hurt. But we know he has the talent. And maybe he can hit that switch. And if he does, well, God pray for Jose Benavidez, I'll tell you that. Because Jamal Charlo is a monster, guys. He's really, really good. He's not undisputed for a reason. Uh, he's damn good at what he does. He's not undefeated for a reason. He's there because he's that good he's just been dealing with a little bit of stuff and I don't know mentally if he's ready to come back into the ring or if he'll ever be ready to step back into boxing let's hope and pray that tomorrow night nothing bad happens with any of these guys uh, fighting in the ring men and women you know, we, we wish them the best and safety and all that uh, but I think you just have to be there. It's a sport where you just can't afford to not have a mentally good night. It could lead to very, very bad things. It's a physical sport, just like MMA, anything like that. If you go in there and your mind's not right, it could lead to really, really bad things, guys. But like I said, man, that is uh, part of our news for today. We also got news that the Day of Reckoning event, uh, it's going to be landing on the Zone pay-per-view uh, who knows what the hell they're going to charge for that? The zone's going to try to rape you and rob you, man. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, man. I'm going to say it. I don't like to badmouth a lot of uh, platforms, but I am not a fan of the zone. I think they just try to take advantage of the boxing fan. Uh, they take over advantage. You know, what I mean, they, you know, they want to charge you twenty five dollars a month here in the states. And then charge you, you know, eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars for a pay per view. Who they'll probably charge over a hundred bucks for this pay per view coming up, close to a hundred dollars for this pay per view coming up. Uh, out of Saudi Arabia, the day of the reckoning, which has AJ uh, versus Wallen, uh, Deontay Wilder versus Parker. Uh, I mean, just the list goes on. It's got some really good fights on it. But am I going to pay for it through the zone? I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not a big advocate of the zone. I like. I don't like to badmouth any kind of boxing platform but when i see a platform's not there for the sport of boxing and they're only there to make the money off of the sport uh the way the zone is and everybody's here to make money right so i can't really you know down that everybody's here to make money but i feel like the zone just takes advantage of boxing fans uh and our love for the sport of boxing you know they charge you and over a ridiculous 25 dollars a month and then charge you for pay-per-views for every single fight that's it of any any kind of meaning or it looks like it might be a good fight i mean literally they've got uh ryan garcia uh you know versus who i forget who he's fighting but on december 9th that's going to be a our december 12th 9th 12th somewhere around there. that's going to be a pay-per-view fight guys so come on man uh I don't see that one as a pay-per-view fight. I don't think it holds up to it. Half the fights they have aren't pay-per-view fights. I mean, God's sakes, they're putting Jake Paul on pay-per-view, and you fools are paying for it. Anybody paying for that, man, <clears throat> to you guys, <clears throat> that's terrible. Don't support that crap. Do not support YouTube boxing. I'm going to say it here right now. Jake Paul, any of you guys got a problem with it? Seriously. I don't support YouTube boxing. I don't like YouTube boxing. You guys are fake. Probably half your fights are set up. 
Who knows how many people you pay for the tickets for them to come there. It's a lot of hoorah, baby. Hoorah. I do not like YouTube boxing. But hey, man, I've had a little bit to drink, so I'm starting to get mouthy. I'm going to jump off here before I get too mouthy, guys, and uh, we're going to end this show. I might end it with a shot. I might not end it with a shot. I might end it with a shot. I might end it with a shot. I don't forget about it. What's that mean? I don't know. You know, if you got a car you like, forget about it. Uh, you know, guys having a birthday party, forget about it. Hey, you don't like that guy, forget about it. Hey, let's not talk about it no more. Forget about it. I might have got a little out of hand with this episode, guys. But hey, that's why we do what we do, man. This is why I love doing my podcast. Uh, guys, check me out on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. I do my podcast uh platform through them uh, I do my show on YouTube of course don't forget to tune into YouTube don't forget to tune into my Facebook group Bourbon and Boxing baby we're everywhere man we're trying to put us on every platform I mean us I say us as if I got a turn in my pocket once again it's just me but I'm trying to put us on a whole new platform I'm trying to get Bourbon and Boxing to the next level so guys man get me there with you I mean we can drink all day together be some drunken idiots on, on YouTube and Spotify and iHeart and all these other awesome stations that we have. Now, once again, guys, if you are listening to this show, it is a Friday. I like to get a little bit twisted on a Friday, so my show gets a little bit next level. It goes past the PG-13, I'll tell you that, because I know I dropped some F-bombs in this episode. I try to keep it as PG as I can so that you can listen to it in the car and all that other stuff and listen to it with your kids around and you don't have to worry about bad language. But I will have to say this episode might not be the episode to do it. I mean, come on, man. Look at the Jamel Charlo is, uh, situation. Should I be happy about that? Are any of you boxing fans happy about that? Comment below about your true thoughts on the Jamel Charlo situation. What is going on here, guys? He's making a circus of the sport. Or should he be in the ring? Or should I back the hell off and just leave this guy alone, right? Mind my business. Like I said, it ain't none of my business what a, what somebody's going through mentally, physically, all that other stuff. Uh, you know, I don't like the bad mouth boxers because, you know, these guys can kick my ass. Plain and simple. I'm, I run into one of them. I do an interview with one of them one time. And they go, hey, you know, on episode 32, you talked a lot of smack about me. I'm here with you in person. What do you got to say now? And I'll be like, uh, let's see. Uh, well, see, what happened was... No, no, I'll throw hands with anybody, I ain't gonna lie, but I ain't no professional boxer. That's where you guys, you know, these guys are real, real. Anyways, guys, man, thank you for joining me for episode 33 for Bourbon and Boxing. Once again, I am your host, Jeff. Don't forget to check me out on Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, all those for my podcast uh, layout. And then also always join me on uh, YouTube, subscribe and like me. Join me, interact down below, tell me what your thoughts are on the Jermel Charlo situation. He, rate, he weighed in at 166, guys. What's going on, man? Is he done? Is this a dangerous situation coming up tomorrow versus Jose Benavidez? Or is Jermel Charlo going to shut us all up and just do what Jermel does? We'll see that and more. Check it out tomorrow night for the two big blockbuster events going on. And uh, once again, like I said... Hit that like and subscri uh, subscribe, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Bourbon and Boxing.